Welcome to Ask the Chief Information Officer on Federal News Network. Now your host, Jason Miller. My guests today are Lawrence Brewer, the Chief Records Officer for the U.S. Government at the National Archives and Records Administration, and Lisa Harlampas, the Director of Records Management Policy and Outreach, also at NARA. Lawrence, Lisa, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Glad to be here. I'm here. Let's start with the fact that neither of you are CIOs, but we are doing an Ask the CIO, but that's okay because we're going to talk a lot about technology and we're going to talk a lot about things that chief information officers and others should know about. First of all, we're going to start with this idea of electronic records management. We're going to look back to the 2019 memo from the Office of Management and Budget, who says the goal is to transition agencies' business processes and records keeping to a fully electronic environment. To that end, NARA has wants to get rid of accepting those paper records by December 31st, 2022. The goal is to reduce the burden on agencies and on citizens and to reduce costs. So Lisa, Lawrence, we've got plenty to talk about. Let's just start with that first deadline. There's a big electronic records mandate. How are agencies currently working toward it? And uh, include, talk a little bit about those upcoming deadlines. Lawrence, why don't you kick us off? One thing to keep in mind is we've really been working on this with agencies since 2011 and the, the presidential memorandum that came out on managing electronic records. And then since then, we've had a, a big directive in 2012, which talked about reforming record keeping and transitioning to fully electronic government. And then there's been other activities such as, as government reform plans um, through this administration. And that brings us up to date to the directive that we are currently working on now with agencies, M1921. So it's not revolutionary. We have been building upon the work that we have been doing since 2011 with federal agencies and just continuing this process of transitioning to fully electronic government, which we have seen, especially as we're working now in COVID-19 and working through this pandemic is something that's really important to make sure that we are creating and managing electronic records to promote efficiency and effectiveness of government um, through our services to the public. And Lawrence, you and I probably have talked over the years, I'd even go back to the Electronic Records Archive, the ERA project, the, the, not the original ERA project, of course, but the ERA from uh, the, the early 2000s as a government initiative. And really that was when I remember uh, the government really has taken this much more seriously. And, and ERA, I know, plays a role in, in this broader effort. So as you said, it's not revolutionary. It's been building up to it. So how are we doing uh, from, from your perspective as the, the government's chief records officer? We collect uh, data from agencies every year through our annual reporting. And it's, uh, it, it's very important that we not only do that, but we do a lot with oversight and doing inspections with agencies. Um, and we're always collecting data. And I think what we're hearing from agencies is that they are making progress. And I think what we are hearing is sort of the, you know, the common trends and themes and concerns is that, you know, obviously, and I think most people would, would assume that the key issue that we are struggling with as a government is around resources, both financial and human. So, you know, we have to continue to work on how we're going to address that, working with CIOs and chief data officers, because what we really want to do is look for ways that we can leverage existing systems, existing solutions, and then trying to figure out where we can identify specific solutions that will create enterprise-wide solutions for records management, either using capabilities that we have in-house with Microsoft Office 365, or using um, what we have done with email and the capstone approach in, in essentially leveraging live email systems 
and then building in some record keeping functionality to that. So, you know, there's a lot that we have done working with agencies to make make progress. And there's still a lot more that needs to be done. And we're, we're working with uh, other organizations and agencies to see where we can issue more guidance, work on policies, and, and try and continue to move things forward with, with agencies. Lisa, as the director of the Records Management Policy and Outreach, you're probably working very closely with the different agencies as they kind of move down this path towards the, the, the December 2022 deadline. Give me a sense of what you see at the, maybe the next level down from Lawrence. So I'll say I'm the next level down, but I like to always wind up and start by going a little bit higher. We're the National Archives and Records Administration. So the National Archives part of our mission is to preserve historically valuable records. And we don't care what format they were on. That's always been part of the agency mission. We have records on um, um, parchment. We have records on um, fax paper, which we've preserved very carefully. Records on um, all kinds of different maps and charts. And when records are electronic, that's where we get that um, connection between records management and information management between the chief records officer and the chief information officer. So that's where I would say our level down is where we're working with agencies to look for those ways to to work together and leverage the different roles and responsibilities. Because a lot of time from where we see where we're working with agencies on a, a policy and implementation, it's a lot of numbers questions. How many numbers of systems do we have? What kind of information is generated? How long can I keep it? Um, you know, there's a lot of things you have to do in information governance to protect information, to make sure it's secure, to make sure it's authentic and reliable and accessible over time. And one of the easiest things to do is just to say, well, we don't need this anymore. We can stop. We can delete information and then focus our resources on what we need. And getting people to delete electronic information according to a record schedule and records management, it's really hard. So having the records uh, profession and the National Archives with the work we do on schedule and retention, giving agencies guidance to say this record can be kept for seven years and then deleted. But this version, this series, or this part of that system, that's the historical valuable stuff, stuff that we think is going to have long-term interest to, to the public, to the research community. That's what we want. And building systems and getting the requirements so that information can be managed over time that's, I guess, where our level down is, the challenges we face and how we try to work with the IT community. Lisa, one thing occurs to me as you kind of talked a little bit about the, the, the different challenges the agencies face is for years, agencies, from NARA's perspective, you probably went to the CIO's office. Mm -hmm. There's somebody who was in charge of records management. There's a yeah. chief records officer, maybe. There, may, there still is. Yep. But now we have the chief data officer. Are you seeing that as you go to have meetings with agencies, the CDO is showing up more and more, or are you still working with that side of the, the fence of records and, and chief information officer or, or what? I feel like every year that I've been in this profession, I add one more portfolio of an agency. Um, you know, Back in the paper days, we'd say, always you've got to talk to legal and records. And then it was talk to legal records and IT. Then it was talk to legal records, IT, information governance, and now just throw the data officers on there as well. So yes, the chief data officer role, as they look on how to use and reuse and protect and leverage the data that an agency has, is very, very similar to the questions that records managers have been asking. I feel that between information management, e-discovery, data management, there's a foundation that we all share. 
And that's the part that I am been working and trying to sort of advocate and say, we can actually save time, save effort and get the better picture. From our perspective in records management, it's fascinating to go into agencies and talk with or perform that work. And the first question is, well, what records do you have? That's a hard question to answer because technology is always evolving. Um, mission priorities change. And as I like to use in both work and home life, incremental improvements. I can always get better at doing things from loading the dishwasher to managing electronic records, right? We can always get better. And as you get better and better, that changes the tools, the techniques, the formats, how we're working. So if those fields all have the same question to start off with, what do we have? What information are we trying to manage? What data sets do we have? That's where I see the information governance spheres um, relating. And so you can say, well, I'm a records officer. I've been doing records and inventories and file plans, and I know how information flows from a records perspective. How can we learn from what the chief data officers and the data community knows? Well, I can tell you how the data works. And then it gets back to that same question that we're always asking. What's the value? How can I share it? How can I leverage it? And how long do I keep it? Um, the, it so yes, we are seeing chief data officers having that, or chief data, data managers. I think a lot of agencies are still working and developing and maturing their data programs, establishing the positions, sort of figuring out how to, how to fill it, where it fits in their information governance. And we're, we're seeing conversations starting, but we haven't yet seen any trends of organizational realignment where sort of like people are put in the same organizational spheres. So we're watching and sort of monitoring the space to see how records, information, and data gets institutionalized, or does it still stay in its own separate silos? And then we, we work, you know, in a, as, as always, in collaborative environments to, to share what we know. Lawrence, we just have about, about 30 seconds before break, but I just wanted to bring you into this because at your level, the next level up, if you will, are you also having different or, or conversations with federal executives, again, whether it's CIOs or, or deputy secretaries or the like? It's a, it's a good point that we really do need to, to touch on and we continue to, to talk with agencies about. It's, it's more a matter of routine when I'm meeting with senior officials at other agencies that we're talking about information governance and how records management or the records officer in an agency or the senior agency official for records management needs to be embedded into that information governance framework and ensure that these discussions, policies, training, everything is directed from the top down throughout the organization. Now, what that doesn't get to, and I know we're limited on time because we could spend a whole lot of time about the skills needed within the agencies um, for the people who are doing records management at an operational level, whereas in the past they were focused on managing paper records, we really need them to have the skill sets to be able to work with electronic records and be successful doing that, supporting the executives who are managing it at a more strategic level. And that's the connection that we are working with agencies on, trying to bridge the gap and speaking for the uh, records managers, the records liaison officers who are doing the work for records management and connecting that to the higher level executives who have to direct it from a strategic perspective. Well, Lawrence, I think we probably will talk about that skill set need, but we're gonna take a break first and we come back. That's something maybe we can touch upon. My guests today are Lawrence Brewer, the Chief Records Officer at the U.S. Government at the National Archives and Records Administration, and Lisa Harlampus, the Director of Records Management Policy and Outreach, also at NARA. I'm Jason Miller, and you're listening to a special edition of Ask the CIO, sponsored by Kodak Alaris on Federal News Network. 
This week on Federal Insights, sponsored by Swish Data and Riverbed Technologies. Hear Alex Pandel, Innovation Specialist at 18F for GSA, talking about digital IT modernization. We definitely made sure to actually define what we meant when we were talking about digital transformation. And we also wanted to make sure we grounded our findings in specific examples rather than ending things with sweeping generalizations. To hear the entire interview, log on to federalnewsnetwork.com and search Digital IT Modernization Month. Your network is the backbone of your agency, and during this pandemic, network capacity, speed, and security are more important than ever. Consider what IDC describes as the most significant advancement in the networking industry, software-defined WAN. Riverbed and Swish have teamed together to bring you Steel Connect EX, a centralized policy-based platform for dynamically managing application traffic across links and delivering the agility and cost-effectiveness your agency needs. Agility, performance, and security. Visit us at riverbed.com. How has the U.S. Army Reserve responded to the COVID-19 pandemic? What is Ready Force X and how did it enhance the U.S. Army Reserve's ability to mobilize in response to COVID-19? How is the U.S. Army Reserve making a difference? Join host Michael Keegan as he explores these questions and more with Lieutenant General Charles D. Lucky, Chief of Army Reserve and Commanding General, U.S. Army Reserve Command, next week on the Business of Government Hour. Warm weather has finally arrived and motorcyclists are everywhere. If you ride, consider joining me, Federal News Network host Tom Temin, on our first ever motorcycle ride for charity, now scheduled for Friday morning, June 26th. 100% of the cost of the ride will benefit the Federal Employee Education and Assistance Fund and Friends of Patients at the NIH. Enjoy camaraderie, lunch, and a scenic route through Fairfax and Montgomery counties into D.C. For details, visit federalnewsnetwork.com and click Charity Motorcycle Ride. Tom Temin here, coming up on Friday's Federal Drive. How the Veterans Health Administration is stepping up providing access to specific medical services for women veterans, separated or shut in by the pandemic. Plus, Congress is paying special attention to the ways federal agencies are planning the reopening of their offices and why it might be looking so inconsistent. Join me Friday morning, starting at 6, for the Federal Drive with Tom Temin, here on Federal News Network. This is Scott Massioni. Follow me for the latest news critical to the defense community on Twitter at SMassioniWFED. S-M-A-U-C-I-O-N-E-W-F-E-D. Welcome back. You're listening to a special edition of Ask the CIO, sponsored by Kodak Alaris on Federal News Network. I'm your host, Jason Miller. My guests today are Lawrence Brewer, the Chief Records Officer for the U.S. Government at the National Archives and Records Administration, and Lisa Harlampus, the Director of Records Management Policy and Outreach, also at NARA. So, Lawrence, you mentioned in the last segment about this idea of the change or the the need to evolve what a records management means, the skill sets needed to be successful. I want to start there because I think the workforce piece that comes up with this is so important. Walk me through a little bit about what types of skill sets are more necessary today than maybe they were five or even 10 years ago. We're no longer working in an environment where we have records managers sitting in the basement, checking in and checking out paper records from a file room. So we need to make sure that we are set up as records managers and agencies for success. And what that means increasingly is a level of skill and knowledge about electronic records management, which we are still developing as a government. And we have really tried to focus on this going back to the 2012 directive and in the current directive as well, 
where there are key targets which are assigned to the Office of Personnel Management to identify what those competencies are to create that progressive modern workforce that is adept with electronic records. It's something that we continue to talk about. Um, it's something that we continue to work on through our own training at NARA in providing the kind of content around the skills for managing electronic records at, to a much greater degree than we have done before. We also expect that agencies are doing the same in terms of issuing policies, directives, and support for staff to be able to, to get the kind of training and connect in a much more constructive and productive way with their colleagues and peers who are working in the office of the CIO or working in a chief data officer's office to be able to talk the language and to understand what the concerns are and how records management can, can support the mission of the agencies, especially from that perspective of really managing electronic records more consistently, effectively, and efficiently than we have before. Throw it back out to both of you, Lawrence or Lisa, because I'm not sure who the best person is for this one. But when it comes to the training and, and the training that NARA provides, have, has NARA seen a huge increase in the number of people coming to your training or, or accessing your training online, uh, not just during this pandemic when we're all working from home, but just over the last year and a half or so? Uh, again, I, I know Lisa does outreach, but Lawrence, you, since you're the chief records officer, I know has a better view of that. I'll start. And Lisa, by all means, feel free to chime in. I mean, we have really focused on training. And, and one of the things that we know for a fact, whenever we go out and talk to agencies, whether it's at a big agency meeting or at a meeting on site with an agency, training always comes up. Questions about training comes up. There's no shortage in the desire for agency staff to get more training about how to do electronic records management. So we have focused on it. We have moved all of our training content online. All of it is available on a catalog, on our public website. And part of what we have really focused on in the last couple of years is widening access to the content that we have developed about electronic records management to all of our agency customers. And we're always looking to where we might need to get ahead of the curve. I mean, where we might need to provide training to really support the continuing development of electronic records management in agencies around the various tools that agencies are using. So we're always collecting that data and we're always trying to, to make sure that the community that we work with, the records officers, are um, in a good place in terms of having what they need to be able to interact with their colleagues within their own agencies. And I could add to that as well. I want to really emphasize how NARA changed its training program in the past two years. In the past, uh, in, the, in, the, in the recent past, before, uh, two years ago, uh, staff would come to our facilities. We did in-person training and we trained thousands, it was in the thousands of people a year on different parts of records management. And it was very uh, systemic. So we'd like you take you from, you know, you know nothing to you leave the course five days later and you've got a real good overview. And I think it's representative of what we're talking about with the transition to digital government that we sort of said, you know, in-person training isn't as if we could do more. We could be more effective. We need to rethink the whole approach. So by offering the training content online through a variety of tools, anybody can go and take the part and go into the training that's, that they need at that time. So you talked about the type of skills people need. There's a, I would um, categorize it in some broad ways. 
sometimes the skills and the retooling that records professionals need is understanding in depth the types of tools that are being used to create records and information and data at their agencies to accomplish the mission. Because if you can't talk about ge um, uh, geographic information systems or you don't know the ins and outs of how email actually works, then you're at a disadvantage when you're trying to have conversations about um, management. On the other hand, some records and information professionals need to, are changing their skill sets to be able to actually do use their tools. A lot of times, you know, records are created, but they're not necessarily stored in the system that they were created. They get some gets some parts get deleted and some parts of that information get moved and kept in other cloud storage environments and other things to say, I need to hold this information for 15 years. I have to be able to, you know, maintain it. Uh, migrate it over time and make sure that it's it's the controls are in place. So they need both training on the tools and information that's being used, the tools that they need for today, and constantly looking how to improve it. How do we get into machine learning and RPA so that robot robotic process automation so that we in records management are doing are on the cutting edge and we're taking advantage of the best tools to be more efficient and effective in what we do. And I think that's the other key piece of this discussion let's hit upon is there are new tools, there are new technologies. In many ways, managing your records is easier, but more <laughs> complex if, they, if, if it can be both because mm -hmm. the tools make things easier, but also can you have to understand how the tools work and how to apply them the, the right way. Is that maybe a trend you're starting to see in terms of agencies using more technology, but then needing to play a little bit of catch up to understand how to use the technology in the most efficient, effective way to manage their records? Technology is, and the use of technology is, is a given. I mean, there's absolutely no way of getting around it and agencies need to figure out the best way to apply it. One of the things that we've seen in the data that we've received from agencies is that resources, as we've said before, is a continuing challenge. And agencies are in different places in terms of you know, where they can get the financial resources to procure new technology and the staff to be able to do it well. So one of the trends that we have seen is that agencies are where they are able to trying to leverage the technology that they already have in-house. One a good example of that is um, what agencies have already done in applying the capstone approach to managing email within the live system and then putting controls around it. Other areas such as uh, Microsoft Office 365, agencies are working out how to configure Office 365 to, to support record, record keeping and provide some record keeping functionality. And I think that's what a lot of agencies are looking at is like, what can we do on an enterprise wide basis, leveraging the tools that we have? And if we can't do that, or if we have an opportunity to procure something what is the best way to go about doing that and, and gather the data that we need to be able to do it effectively? And I'd like to add along those thoughts, Lawrence is, you know, hit the nail on the head, that one of the ways to look at the trends is, you know, agencies don't create records for the sake of record keeping. Records are the byproduct of an agency that's conducting its mission. And although we sometimes like to focus on what's unique about an agency's mission, a lot of times part records covers everything from the unique records of the of the mission to the administrative side of the house. So sometimes there's a lot of value in doing records administration for payroll, travel, hiring, firing. These are not glamorous parts of running an organization, but they're they need to be managed as in addition to the special and unique things that an agency is doing, you know, giving grants, um, developing 
I don't want to, I can't even begin. There's too much to talk about the government does that's unique and special. But those are the things that I think um, are the trends is to sort of say, in some respects, agencies are able to leverage shared services and shared service technology to help get the administrative stuff under control so we don't have to spend as much time thinking about that. And then our resources that are extremely limited can be focused on managing what is unique. What is it that, you know, we've either developed tools specifically to accomplish or the records have unique preservation aspects that we'd be like, well, you know, this is, this is special because it's, it's, um, it's not a common thing that shared services can take care of. I'd be happy to discuss shared services some more as well. You hit, you hit upon one of my favorite topics. How'd you know? <laughs> well, first we're going to take a quick break and we come back maybe then we'll talk a little bit about shared services. My guests today are Lawrence Brewer, the Chief Records Officer for the U.S. Government at the National Archives and Records Administration, and Lisa Harlampus, the Director of Records Management Policy and Outreach, also at NARA. I'm Jason Miller, and you're listening to a special edition of Ask the CIO, sponsored by Kodak Alaris on Federal News Network. Hi, I'm Gail Isaacson, owner of Village Green Apothecary, where we've been specializing in meeting your unique healthcare needs for over 50 years. Our passion is helping you to get to your root cause of health conditions. At Village Green Apothecary, our expert team of pharmacists and clinical nutritionists offer guidance on diet, nutrients, and pharmaceuticals to empower you with personalized recommendations just for you. Plus, we offer lab testing and nutritional consultations to optimize your health plan. Visit Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda or online at myvillagegreen.com. This week on Federal Insights, sponsored by Swish Data and Riverbed Technologies, hear Guy Cavallo, Deputy Chief Information Officer at the Small Business Administration, talking about digital IT modernization. You know, what I've observed is that you know, some people are still saying the cloud is less secure than on-premise, but when you have the big players behind you, I, I take great issue with that. To hear the entire interview, log on to federalnewsnetwork.com and search Digital IT Modernization Month. Your network is the backbone of your agency and during this pandemic network capacity speed and security are more important than ever consider what idc describes as the most significant advancement in the networking industry software defined wan riverbed and swish have teamed together to bring you steel connect ex a centralized policy-based platform for dynamically managing application traffic across links and delivering the agility and cost effectiveness your agency needs agility performance and security visit us at riverbed.com federal managers. Working from home? Are your calls and texts secure? CACI's Steelbox is the first secure voice and text app for U.S. government agencies. It's secure, simple, seamless, ready for the enterprise in a matter of hours. Steelbox is an innovation of CACI, a national security company. Go to CACI.com Steelbox to start a pilot today and keep unclassified calls and texts secure. That's CACI.com Steelbox. Think about your mother, your sister, your girlfriend. One in six women is a victim of sexual assault. Now think about your father, your brother, your best friend. Men are victims too. Rape can happen to anyone. This is Christina Ricci with RAIN, encouraging you to call the National Sexual Assault Hotline to learn how to support someone you love. Call 1-800-656-HOPE or visit RAIN.org. That's R-A-I-N-N dot O-R-G. Brought to you by Rain and this station. Welcome back. You're listening to a special edition of Ask the CIO, sponsored by Kodak Alaris on Federal News Network. I'm your host, Jason Miller. My guests today are Lawrence Brewer, the Chief Records Officer for the U.S. Government at the National Archives and Records Administration, and Lisa Harlampus, the Director of Records Management Policy and Outreach, also at NARA. 
Lawrence, before break, you talked a little bit about, you mentioned this idea of the capstone program, and that's where I want to go first. What is this capstone program and, and how is it helping agencies make this transition towards a all electronic approach to records management? So it was originally an idea that came out in the 2012 Managing Government Records Directive, and it's been carried over to the M1921 current directive that we're working with agencies on. And I think the, the reason why it's really been successful is because it focuses on a type of record, email, that I think universally everybody recognizes that this was something that we had to get our arms around that we needed to make sure that we are managing email records effectively and in accordance with proper disposition. So, you know, one of the reasons that I think it really resonates with agencies is because the way we've introduced this approach is that it can be done by leveraging the existing email systems that agencies already have. So there's no need to go out and purchase a new tool or product. It's a way of managing information given the tools that we have, but there's also another really important aspect to it. So before we were using Capstone to manage email, agencies were required to manage every individual email according to the content of that email. So if you had an email that related to travel records, then that would be managed in accordance with the record schedule covering travel files. So what Capstone does is it makes it easier to manage because it focuses on not the content, but the role of the person who is creating the email. So it's managed at the email account level, and then a disposition is tied to the account. So if you have a senior official, all of the email in that account could be uh, determined to be permanent or historically valuable. And if you have an account for a person who's lower in the organization or maybe not working on mission critical functions, then those emails can be temporary and can be disposed of after a reasonable amount of time in accordance with the record schedule. So what it does is it actually takes the burden off of the user to manage every email according to the content and provides a more systematic and efficient way of, of managing emails. So we're, we're always looking at different approaches and ways that we can help agencies manage their, their records more effectively. And we're, we're trying to work on guidance that provides more practical assistance to agencies in how they can manage their records more effectively. And, one of the things that, um, that we have been working on um, are success criteria. And we, we developed a success criteria around managing email when Capstone came out in 2016, which provided some very you know, clear guidance and a roadmap, so to speak, on how agencies can do it. So it was a big change for the National Archives where we have focused in the past on you know, what agency should do, what are those requirements, and sort of not only covered that, but also talked a little bit more about how agencies um, can be effective in implementing those requirements. I know Lisa's going to talk maybe a little bit about that success criteria. Before I go there, Lawrence, just one quick follow-up. When you said you're working on some guidance that provides more assistance to agencies, it, were you with that guidance? Are you later this summer, later this fall? Do you have a sense yet? Whenever we do issue guidance, we always try and issue some frequently asked questions. We try and digest the questions that we get from agencies. 
And in particular, you know, we have received some questions on the most recent OMB M1921 memorandum. And we have been working through that process, collecting the data and developing some frequently asked questions. And we hope to issue those soon. They have been drafted. We are currently reviewing them and anything that we do has to be coordinated with the Office of Management and Budget. And uh, we're sort of in the process of developing that and uh, we hope to be able to get some further guidance out to agencies that will help clarify some of those questions that we keep hearing about implementation. Yes, yes, the ubiquitous soon in government talk, we, <laughs> we know it's tough. <laughs> Lisa, let me turn to you. The NARO released a, if you will, a white paper, a memo, if you will, a criteria for successfully managing permanent electronic records. Talk a little bit about that, because that's really maybe giving agencies a roadmap or a strategy to really achieve this goal. We call it a white paper because it's not official guidance, but it was a way to sort of help agencies ask themselves, how do I know if I've been successful? We started with email management and I still some, I sometimes start to laugh now thinking I'm, you know, new, new folks entering the workforce and for the first time and telling them, do you know that eight years ago we printed and filed email? They would say, what, what are you talking about? Like, oh yes. So we have moved from printing and filing email to finding more sophisticated approaches that can be automated and say, this is what we're saving and this is how long and, and how we're doing it. But how do you know if you're successful? So we had some white papers that we've issued with success criteria that start actually asking four important course questions. The way we look at how do you know you've been successful is one, you've got your policies in place. And I know that is you know, where you would expect a director of policy to start, but you have to start somewhere. You have to know what you're trying to achieve. And then do you have the systems in place? If you've got the systems and you can't be building the system, they have to actually be in place and working. And then for us, the key goal to saying I've successfully managed my email over time is that I can find access. And I, by that, I mean open, read, retrieve, and use that email over time. And if that's 15, 20 years, now you know that you, that's what you're planning for. And so that's, and that's a different question than being like, oh, I need to maintain this email for 180 days and then it gets deleted versus I'm, what, am I asking the right questions to get to 15 to 20 years? And then the criteria says at the end of the day, can you actually delete that record according to the schedule? And I know that sounds a little strange to say, You'd think people would be chomping at the bit to delete email and save themselves storage and maintenance and access costs. But it's actually one of the more complex things to do, to get agreement as an institution that it's the time to implement that disposition. Hit that delete key and feel comfortable saying, no, I can't retrieve those emails. They have officially been deleted. And then even more important than that to a National Archives employee is saying, were you able to transfer those records electronically to NARA? So now an agency no longer has responsibility for it, but the National Archives gets to keep it in our custody as part of our nation's history. If that transfers actually happened, you've been successful. So it's a criteria that sort of sets up a, a long goal, and yet you can see different questions in different phases you can ask over time when you look at the criteria. Have I, have I, have I kept my schedule updated? Where am I on the migration? Have I kept it in a format that NARA is going to be able to accept? So that's how we outline that success criteria. And really it's um, what we use for email, but it's what we use for all electronic records management. Policy system, access over time, 
and then successful disposition. Plenty to dig out from there. We're going to first take a quick break. When we come back, we can continue our conversation. My guest, Sarah Lawrence Brewer, the Chief Records Officer for the U.S. Government at the National Archives and Records Administration. Lisa Harlampis, the Director of Records Management Policy and Outreach, also at NARA. I'm Jason Miller, and you're listening to a special edition of Ask the CIO, sponsored by Kodak Alaris, on Federal News Network. News impacting feds and contractors, plus Mike Causey's unique perspective on pay, benefits, and retirement. Subscribe to the Morning Federal Report at Federal News Network. DevSecOps offers a powerful alternative to how software is built, reorienting a consistent and expedited process through containerization. Palo Alto Networks enables a security model that's defined from the beginning, modernizing an historically lengthy and inefficient process with no visibility into security until the application is deployed. Taking an integrated approach, Palo Alto Networks embeds security across the entire development lifecycle, enabling DevSecOps with Prisma Cloud. Learn more at paloaltonetworks.com slash prisma slash cloud. Hi, I'm Gail Isaacson, owner of Village Green Apothecary, where we've been specializing in meeting your unique healthcare needs for over 50 years. Our passion is helping you to get to your root cause of health conditions. At Village Green Apothecary, our expert team of pharmacists and clinical nutritionists offer guidance on diet, nutrients, and pharmaceuticals to empower you with personalized recommendations just for you. Plus, we offer lab testing and nutritional consultations to optimize your health plan. Visit Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda or online at myvillagegreen.com. Please join Luke McCormack on Tuesday, June 23rd at noon for his monthly series, The Federal Executive Forum, proudly celebrating 15 years. This month's program will focus on secure cloud computing in government. The panel includes government leaders from the Department of State, Army, and the General Services Administration. Don't miss The Federal Executive Forum on Tuesday, June 23rd at noon, right here on Federal News Network, sponsored by Snowflake, Verizon, and Okta. There are nearly 2 billion websites in the world. But there's only one that matters to the federal IT community. Welcome to AskTheCIO.com, the longest-running program on federal IT, featuring Federal News Network's executive editor, Jason Miller. AskTheCIO.com, exclusive CIO and IT decision-maker interviews, breaking news, on-demand and updated daily. Sign up at AskTheCIO.com and become an insider with full access to federal IT news, special events, and actionable intel. AskTheCIO.com. When we need help, we turn to government. When government needs help, they turn to Federal News Network. For news on the federal pay raise. To learn how other agencies handle IT modernization. To see how Congress funds my agency. For changes to my TRICARE benefits. Federal News Network. Helping feds meet their mission. Welcome back. You're listening to a special edition of Ask the CIO, sponsored by Kodak Alaris on Federal News Network. I'm your host, Jason Miller. My guests today are Lawrence Brewer, the Chief Records Officer for the U.S. Government at the National Archives and Records Administration, and Lisa Harlampis, the Director of Records Management Policy and Outreach, also at NARA. Before break, we started to talk a little bit about this continuum. Lisa mentioned that, that you, some of the trends you're seeing in a lot of the agencies are, as you kind of look at the, the criteria for success, maybe more on what is the policy and how does it apply. Lawrence, I want to bring you into that discussion, too, because, again, you see it maybe from a, the next level up, and as you talk to deputy secretaries and the like, you're also are learning and listening to their views of what success may or does look like. Talk a little bit about what you're hearing. What we're trying to do here is make transformative change happen within agencies about how they manage their, their records. So in my role and what I'm doing, you know, on a pretty much daily basis is meeting with senior agency officials for records management across the government 
in talking about you know, how we can have a strategic discussion with CIOs, CDOs, records officers about the record. So we're trying to move it away from an operational discussion, which is important, and we need to get to that and drill down to that, but we need to really start with this transformation that needs to happen because what we're talking about is not just managing records, we're talking about redesigning processes, we're talking about building out electronic workflows and really fundamentally changing how we work in the mission critical programs of our agencies and then making sure that we factor in the records management to that transformation. So that's, that's essentially what we're trying to, to do when we're meeting with senior officials and one of the, the tools, and I think the framework that I think agencies at that level can understand is this information governance approach where agencies are developing information resource management plans, data management plans, and our goal from the National Archives perspective is how do we bake records management into those plans at that strategic level. And that's really, you know, what we've been focusing on and trying to make sure that that happens because, you know, we're, we're in an environment now where, you know, we need to use the technology. We need to um, have it push things forward and elevate it so that records management is factored into those discussions and considered by those senior executives within the agencies. One of the things when you talk about the, the need to make it more than just an operational level, but a strategic level, you can't just go in there and wave the memo, right? I mean, that, that never seems to work well in, in any Correct. circumstance. Do the senior executives get, do they understand why managing, it at, managing records in this way at this strategic level is, is so important? We always go into an agency and when I'm meeting with senior officials, I mean, sure, I could talk about the law, I could talk about the regs, I could talk about compliance. I generally don't. And typically the way we frame the discussion is about the value that records management can bring to an agency in terms of improved decision-making, in terms of better search and finding the records that they need to make good decisions, um, and really uh, highlighting the value that, you know, using technology to support electronic records management can have within an agency. And we see it all the time, you know, in terms of, you know, the, not only internally within an agency for decision-making, but how we interact with the public. It's critically important. And I think when we talk to agencies and officials at agencies, what they do understand is how electronic records management can better support interaction with the public. Because let's be honest, people don't want to have to write letters to their government. They don't want to have to come into brick and mortar buildings to interact with their government. They do it through websites, they do it through electronic channels. And we have to have the electronic records managed, the electronic records available to be able to support the way we work internally and externally with the public and our, and our stakeholders um, in a way that's, that's modern and progressive. And that's really, I think, the argument when we are talking to CIOs and CDOs that I think resonates and that's sort of how we approach it. Earlier on in the discussion, we talked about this idea of resources, both people and money to really push forward this approach. I mean, many may call this in some ways an unfunded mandate and, and that gets agencies, you know, they kind of throw, sometimes again, throw their hands in the air and go, okay, what else, 
what else you want me to do now? But Lisa, there is a way, there's an approach that, that agencies can maybe, if you will, share the cost. And you mentioned shared services earlier. Talk about the initiative called Fermi and how does this kind of help agencies move down the path even more quickly? To leverage exactly what Lawrence was talking about and to get to your question, when you have a strategic discussion at an agency about how are you trying to manage records, one of the first strategic questions you sort of ask is, well, what are we trying to achieve and how is it going to cost? Have I put the right, the right amount of resources and the right amount of and the right skilled people to make this work? So you start asking yourself, well, how do I get this work done? And the National Archives, about four years ago, we tried an experiment on our own to say, instead of just issuing guidance and policy, talking about what programs should achieve, how can we help people actually get to practical, how to procure systems and solutions to try to do electronic records management work. Because you've identified the need, you know, you have a, uh, a challenge you're trying to address, how can we effectively address it? So we had an initiative called the Federal Electronic Records Modernization Initiative, which is the acronym is FERMI. One of the partnerships we have for shared services is we're working with the Office of Shared Solutions and um, Procurement Impro uh, Process Improvement, OSPI where they work with a variety of agencies that are handling different uh, portfolios like travel, um, grants, payroll, and they use the private sector to say, you're an agency that can either go to a private sector or be a sponsor to do this function for the federal government so that an agency doesn't have to come from scratch and say, well, how should I be doing travel? No, you go by the travel system. So we've been trying to work with OSPI through a variety of ways to produce standards and requirements, which is what NARA knows how to do well, but produce them in a way so that those requirements can fit in with those shared services um, offerings so that we can help bake records management in the beginning. If you buy a shared services tool that talks about um, human resources, you know that the requirements to maintain human resource records relating to separation for however many decades is necessary is sort of built into that system. So that's one thing we're doing. We're issuing um, universal electronic records management requirements. We've issued some use cases on managing electronic records for email, social media records, and we're now tailoring our use cases to reflect the life cycle of records and information management. And we've also working on some data standards and some uh, business lifecycle capability documents that sort of say step one, you, you do this, this is your input, this is your output, this is the action, this is how this works, so that you can have those sort of requirements that can be used in shared services or agencies can use them, they wanna build their own tools. And that is some resources that are available on the GSA page and on our, our GSA website and on the NARA website relating to Fermi. So that's one way we're working with uh, GSA. Our other partnership with GSA relates to category management. So if the problem we're trying to solve operationally to implement the strategic vision Lawrence was just talking about is saying I need tools I need to acquire a solution and a service to help me with email management or document management or social media what what type of challenge is it that I'm trying to address we have worked with the category management of office management to develop a SIN a special item number just for electronic records management services and solutions and the vendors that are on that SIN, so as an acquisition path, you can say, ah, I can go to GSA, I can use that category, I can find these vendors, I know what they cost. Those vendors have all self-certified that they're able to meet those requirements that we've developed under the Fermi initiative. I think 
the two things that that will help push any initiative forward is the the, the standard data, the standard yeah. business lifecycle, providing that agencies can okay, this is the path I need to go down. Versus, well, I don't know what path I should be on. I can develop my own path. Where are you at with the standards, records, uh, the, the data standards and the lifecycle documents? Are, are they out? Are they going to be out this summer? Give me a sense. Universal requirements are out. We just actually issued them in 17. And last month, we just did version two with the updates we've made. The lifecycle capabilities are publicly available, but you see the draft version. They haven't been finalized. That should happen as you know, we're just waiting for one or two more checks to occur. And so we expect those to have been published at any time. And then the standards are going to take more time. Those are still under development. So we have our, um, and we're modeling how we're going to develop our standard, our data standards to map to the way the other um, federal information business framework, the FBIF under the GSA and OSPE program because we want our data standards to map and match with other types of data standards so that if we say this is what a record is you know, does it make sense to what other information is so we're still those are under development and those will probably be a year or so away I would imagine by the time they're they're finalized right. hopefully we'll have drafts available for comments so we can get um, some good feedback and make the products better Lawrence, we're just about out of time, but I just want to, like, one quick question before I let you go. With the pandemic and so much going on around, uh, you know, people working from home and remote working, has there been any discussion yet about whether or not this December 2022 deadline is going to be pushed or changed at all? I imagine not, but I figure I'd just throw it out there just in case. Clearly, priority number one is the safety and health of all of our employees, not only the National Archives, but our colleagues across the government that we work with every day. We are aware that, that we do have these targets out there that are coming up in 20 and in 22. And we're monitoring with agencies, you know, how they're doing through the reporting and through the data that we're receiving. And at the appropriate time, I mean, we will discuss with OMB. Um, and if we believe the targets need a review or to be modified, we'll have that discussion with NARA management and with OMB at the right time. Um, but we're not there yet. We want to make sure we get through where we are right now. All right, very good. I know uh, there's another report coming from NARA and the agency's progress in August, so we'll look forward to that. Maybe we'll catch up with you then. But unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. So let me thank my guests, Lawrence Brewer, the Chief Records Officer for the U.S. Government at the National Archives and Records Administration. Lawrence, thank you so much for taking the time today. Thank you. And Lisa Harlampus, the Director of Records Management Policy and Outreach also at NARA. Lisa, thank you too for taking the time. Oh, it's been my pleasure. Thank you for having us. I'm Jason Miller, and you've been listening to a special edition of Ask the CIO, sponsored by Kodak Alaris on Federal News Network. For more on this discussion, visit federalnewsnetwork.com and search Ask the CIO. You've been listening to Ask the Chief Information Officer on Federal News Network. Tune in Thursday mornings at 10 or subscribe to this show on iTunes or Podcast One.